Hello and welcome to the Scott Sportscast MMA Coaches Corner Edition, episode number one. Frankie Edwards versus Pedro Munoz, UFC Fight Night. I'm joined here today with my co-host, George Scott. How you doing today? What's going on, everybody? Alright, and I also have my other co-host here, Jeremy Scott. How you doing? Good, good, man. Happy to be here. Oh, yeah. Happy for you guys to be here, too. I mean, we got our first podcast going, and this fight looks like it's already almost over. Yeah, Dwight Grant really giving it to him. Here we got Grant versus Mike Rodriguez. First round. Grant has good top control. He's a good ground and pound and turtle position. Uh, he, he just swarmed him. He heard him. And he's paying the effects. He's just trying to recover. Got a hook in. So the way that we usually do this is we call out a fight, make the predictions. We got ten push-ups, depending on if we if we lose. If we lose by decision, it's ten push-ups. By TKO submission, we got fifteen push-ups and a brutal knockout or a. High class level submission out of respect. Oh, oh, I didn't know we were doing that. <laughs> oh, yeah. You don't think people want to see punishment? <laughs> calling it wrong? <laughs> so we got Mike Rodriguez back to his feet. Yeah, Dwight Grant got a two inch reach advantage on him. Uh, nice left hand by Dwight, uh, by uh, Rodriguez, southpaw. Grant looks gassed. Put a lot of energy in trying to finish the fight early. Uh, yeah. Mike looks good. He looks recovered. And he's got a nice good shot. Yeah, what's interesting about this fight card is uh, there's a lot of young up and comers. Whoa! Whoa! Mike dropped him. That's it. it. It's over. That is it. Mike Rodriguez. Daniel comes back with the finish. Daniel Rodriguez. TKO. Here we go. I got 15. Wow. To the, to the first TKO <laughs> on the first official. What a, what a start. Close to start. Oh, cheers. Oh. What? What an explosive first round first fight. I'll knock him out too because I did go for Daniel Grant. Okay, I actually picked Rodriguez. Daniel Grant. God damn it. Dwight Grant. Daniel uh, Rodriguez. You you chose Rodriguez? Yeah, if you go back and listen to the podcast, my yeah. intro, I did pick Rodriguez. Nice, okay. Party, I did too. I'm going to knock these out. Because we didn't record it. Oh, it clipped him with the right hook. And they were trading. And then he just started raining some ground. Almost took my finger up. Recovered, worked his way back to the feet, and then dropped him with that left hook on the inside, right on the chin. I will tell you, I'm impressed by the durability and resilience of Mike Rodriguez here. Getting rocked early, looked like his fight was over, came back, quick, and finished the fight. To no push-ups. To doing push-ups. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, here in California, we're, we're dealing with a bunch of fires going on right now. Uh, out here in the valley, it looks like it's a foggy day, but man, it, it's just ash and smoke. Got ash on my car. <laughs> Dude, tell me how I got ash inside my car. Yeah, me too. Me too. Yeah. 
Left the window down. I didn't leave my windows down. There's just ash on my dashboard like it went through the glass. That's funny. <laughs> and I just took Earth Science, so I know it don't work that way. Well, there was almost, what, 11,000 <laughs> lightning strikes that struck California in 72 hours? Yeah. From what I read, it said 367 wildfires started because of those. Yeah, and one was right by one of our other co-hosts who's uh, not here today. He lives all the way in Salinas, and right behind his house was the big fire. Almost got evacuated. It's just scary times. People were leaving their homes. It's like, man, one just can't catch a break. Alright, so next fight we got Myra Akapava. Maria. Maria? Oh, Myra, sorry. Shanna Dodson. I'm going uh, Maria because uh, this chick over here is 3 and 4. Yeah, I'm, I'm, going, I'm going with the same. If your record is a losing record in the UFC and you're going to get somebody with one loss, chances are you're not going to make it out of the first round. And she's 31. My lock, my lock of the night, Maria. Yeah, I was going to say. Georgia picked the lock of the night. As, uh, it's, I don't know. This might be a one-sided fight, but anything can happen on fight night. So we got Maria coming in at 23 years old. She's 5'5", five, five, 125 pounds, and her reach is 68 and a half inches. That was my old weight class. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, too. Uh, Going against Shauna. <laughs> you remember when I fought at the live when I was 17, I fought at the Hippodrome. Yeah. It was a St. Patrick's Day, and uh, I fought in a 170 under tournament, <laughs> and I weighed at 120 that day. The second time, 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 the yeah, at a certain point, you know, David doesn't always beat Goliath. There's a thing called physics. Goliath wins a lot of battles. <laughs> yeah, so Mike, Mike got a great knockout right there. I don't know, man. I... Let's see the end of it. Drop them right here. Boom, drop them again. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, so so he got dropped the second time. Yeah, I, I, I would stop the fight there. Yeah, no, good stoppage. <laughs> yeah, because then, like, the third time, you're just looking at the ref like, what the hell? <laughs> He's going to let him kill me? Well, if you, if you fought in Do they used to be able to knee people in the head when they were down? One, Jesus. One ten-minute round. Like, what? <laughs> 
You know, and then and then you go to extra. Yeah, Dude, bar fights last two. You know, that's a long fight. Dude, three felt forever. Yo, Freddy, she's fight to go to ten. Yeah, got off easy, huh? Yeah, I couldn't imagine sword fighting, man. That shit is intense. I mean, like one little slip up, your guts are falling out of your stomach. You know, like whoa, man, I can't. Can't do that. Yeah, I mean, I I enjoy it, but like definitely not live with real swords. Yeah, that shall fuck you up. Unless it's for my life, I'm I don't know. Like I got I got all these swords, like, twin hooks, samurai sword. I want from Naga. <laughs> but I definitely want to train it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, learn the, you know, the art behind it and everything. I mean, you can only teach yourself so much. And, and whenever you think that you know it all, if you teach yourself, that's when you fool yourself. You got, if you can't take constructive criticism, you can't take correction, you're only handicapping yourself. Yeah, it's easy to... Good save. <laughs> well, I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> hey, I don't. Hey, this, is how you, this is how you learn. Hey, correction. <laughs> okay, so he was on the Contender Series? Oh, is this one of the brothers? <laughs> no, there's two brothers on the Dang Contender Series that fought on the same card and both got first round like TKOs. Legendary. So, like, they're both about to get contracts. I think they both had a great training camp. Yeah, because, you know, they trained together. Yeah, exactly. We know how that is. You know, train together every single day. No rest days. No rest days. No passion for wrestling. Yeah, I remember they said if you recruit somebody to come into the gym, you get one month for free. Yeah, but I brought like 12 people to the gym. Not all years for free, but I was also putting the name of the gym on my bag. Was the gym's name Doug's Fishner? No, just kidding. 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 Just kidding.
split decisions ain't fun to lose, guys, because you know for a fact you won the fight, but two, two out of the three people didn't. What can you do? It's like an English paper you thought was really good. Agapova? Is that how you say it? Agapova, yeah. Oh, she looks lanky for that division. Yeah, she's tall. Oh, she got the swag, too. Oh, I remember her. I seen her fight last year. Her last fight, I remember her. Yeah, no, she's raw. Oh, yeah. She, she looked complete. She pieced this girl up on the screen, and then took her down, and then I missed seeing Chuck and fight. It's kind of... Dude, I missed... I missed old WWF attitude family back in the day. I was Randy Couture. My boy, Andre in his prime, dude. Oh, man, Rick Kimbo. I'm glad that one of my best friends is dead on. I call him in all the time and he wears it. He's wearing his full cross. Shout out to you, man. Get you on the podcast soon. He's in the fantasy football. Wait, Josephine's playing? Josephine is in it, and you know the two times she's been, I'm out. she's been in the final four. I'm out. <laughs> no. <laughs> my, my wife never played fantasy football. Long time. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I'm a very I don't know But at the same time, she just joined up in two years and made a conference. They should not care me now, Oh, that's what we're going to talk about right now? <laughs> Alright. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, so this next part... Sarah, I don't know. Shauna. Yeah. Shauna Dodd. Just Maria. Yeah, no, Shauna's going to get fucking destroyed. I Hey, real quick, um, do you like how the TV goes into your headset or your mic? Because you can hear it pretty well. I'm watching the green things. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I like it, so I can kind of hear it. <laughs> but I'm not sure how you're going to like it in there, you know what I mean? 
I mean, I'm pretty sure I. I could also do this. Plus, it's. If anything, get demonetized. Well, yeah, at the end of the day, I think it's. You can't do it live, post it live. That, that's a lot better. Oh, like broadcast. Yeah, like, yeah, because they have the commentating rights, the broadcast rights, the commentating rights, so. Dude, next they weekend. You can do it first, then you can do it after. But this is going to be released after the event, so it's okay. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. we're not live. We're, we're recording. And it's just a fight night. Yeah, but it's going to be uploaded later, so. Yeah, no. I think it becomes about the images. So. That's way better. Now it doesn't really come up until you really say something. Which is good. No, no, no. It's good. It's good. It's good. No, no, nothing's wrong. It was perfect. Sorry. <laughs> this is the worst I've heard it all night. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, honestly, though, I mean, Shauna looks like she's in shape. It's not a matter about the shape. Matters about Shauna's 31, 5'5, 125, and 69 inches, so she has a half inch reach advantage. When you're in the UFC, when you're training four, <laughs> I just don't have confidence. Oh, oh man, yeah, that length is gonna be tough. That's like fighting Kendall Grove, you know, it's just that length is just a challenge all the time. Maria, lock of the night. I think second round submission. I think we're going to see the toughness and the grit of Shauna. I'm calling first round stoppage as well. Yeah, so who are you picking, Shauna? Disrespect me like that again. Yeah. All right, fuck it. No. Maria. <laughs> right, I'll be the hill again. I'll be the hill. I'm going Sean if I upset. Wow. Hey, if you bet you on that. You heard it here first. That's spicy money. Take, spicy take. You heard it here first, uh, later in the future. You know Vegas odds, man. She's she's definitely you know the underdog. Yeah, you heard it here in the past. If you bet money on her, you probably win big. She looks focused. She looks ready. And only, really think she's gonna the only problem with that strategy is that she has to win. Maria might be too confident. I mean, hey, we all thought Shane O'Malley was going to win and Sean. check. <laughs> I can always do that. I'm sorry, Shane. <laughs> God damn it, Sean O'Malley. Sean O'Malley. See what I mean? Just say O'Malley. O'Malley. I want to get his jersey. Hit the killer clown. It's pretty dope. Okay. <laughs> but like, uh, I, I think get his He got that weed rope. <laughs> Straight hemp. Very fond of it. <laughs> like, dude, they used to use hemp for everything. Before uh, 
uh, and the paper company is actually the one that started putting out propaganda that hemp was bad um, to save to save their business. Like, okay, I, I didn't know they spun. Oh, it's crazy. Well, it's all about the economy. Yeah. All right, Maria, let's get it. fights um, so for all the events I would be in the corner of the water one of the teams and then my senior cut man my mentor he was a cut man for the other team so we had both of us it was fun you know learning how to take up fighters how to, how to get prepared for fights but I have a background in EMT my EMT in high school called EMT so I've always been interested in the medical field. So whenever I can merge my love of mixed martial arts with my love of the human body and you know, first aid, and, you know, I just it gets me excited. So finding a job that was combining everything that I love uh, was real fun. And so you know, once our MMA team, uh, our coach left, you know, disbanded the. The team, you know, they kind of had like this out to dry with, uh, kind of, we had all these aspirations, but now we had nowhere to go with them, so. Um, Dude, that was, it was, it was fun, though. That was probably my favorite job so far. Definitely, definitely would get back into it. I was so lucky to find Ruth after that because of Kane. Kane Vandal, an MMA rep, he um, was one of our training partners at the old gym, and and a uh, pro MMA or pro and uh, MMA and boxing work under the Yes, under Herb actually getting certified. Did he finish getting certified? He might have been by now, but yeah. So hopefully he's working his way up. I'll have to hit him up one day and see if I can get him, uh, get him on here. You know, I'll, uh, I will say this about George and his cut man skills. Uh, I did have an accident in the kitchen and uh, I cut my finger. It was nonstop bleeding. This man stepped in, and uh, I gotta say, the bleeding stopped immediately. <laughs> yeah, I scared the blood out of him. Did what he had to do. I was, I was a new man. You know, like I, I understand the human body. I, I have a, you know, degree in kinesiology, um, the human body. So, yeah, it's always just been a passion of mine, the, the human mind, the human body, and you know, just learning about coagulation, learning about how different chemicals can affect the body.
Sean is holding on. Clenching up against the fence. Yeah, and the, and the interesting thing about when I was a cut man is I never used all of this uh, fancy uh, medical grade chemicals or anything. You know, I just kept it very basic and was able to be kind of more effective than people rely on all these other methods. Coagulants and adrenaline, whatever it is that they're trying to use to stop cuts. Whoa! Wish we would have got the FF. Yeah, yeah, see, it's nice, but you don't need it. You only big cuts. Yeah, you can even stop a cut. For me, using chapstick is always better than using Vaseline because chapsticks are made to endure like more sweat and salt because it goes on your lips rather than uh, everywhere else in your body. Yeah. So it needs to be thicker. And so that, uh, for me, just. Regular old chapstick. Stop cuts better than anything else. Yeah. And it's because it's more breathable than like Vaseline and stuff. So it doesn't it doesn't melt. When your skin gets hot, it transforms it from solid to a liquid. So uh, you know, chapstick has a higher temperature before it becomes a liquid. So your body's hot. You know, during the fight, you got inflammation swelling, all the blood rushing. Takes more to melt it. Exactly, exactly, to change its form. Don't you keep it, she's too high right now, Dawson. The more you know. Okay, so Shauna got took down, and now she's going for an arm bar. Let's see a little after here this scrimmage. Oh yeah, Shauna here has been about halfway through the second round. Right now, going for an arm bar. Wait, wait, wait. 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 Wait, not in between the actual rounds, but in between fights. Oh, my bad. Okay. Well, no, I mean, I, I, I said that wrong. <laughs> oh, here we are. So we grab her from the top. She's out now. Nice, uh, good half, half control. Okay, nice. Takes her back. Oh. Uh, Maya, oh. Maya takes her back, looking for a rear naked. One hook in. No, no, lost it. Looks like she's going for the body triangle. Yeah, she's real long. Yep, there it is. There it is. Might be a matter of time. If you guys notice how she rocked her hips from the left to the right, and then brought them back to the left. Yeah, her hip pressure is really good. Better up. Oh, Shauna's getting pounded. She's getting a little high on on the horse there though. She might get to. Oh, nice. Good transition. She's landing some good shots. Good body weight control, keeping that center of gravity in the basketball. That's a tight, tight. She's tight rolling into it, turning into yeah. it. Every time you take a breath in, that body triangle gets a little bit tighter. It's like yeah. a boa constrictor. You breathe in, you lose that real estate. It's a very effective tool for gassing your opponent. Yeah, but you see how she's going towards the knee that's that's hooked. Um, yeah, she needs to get and roll onto the knee that's crossed. 
Now it takes pressure off our position. We'll try to work back up. Push it back here. Okay, back to full guard and. Damn, hey, she's working from the ground, though. Okay, second round. Wow. There we go, my prediction failed already. <laughs> I would still say Maya won the round. Yeah. I mean, Shauna had some good moments, but I don't know if she had enough good moments. Oh, she's game. Yeah, after this round, she knows what she's up against. Now, now, she, now the real game plan sets in. You have what you expect coming into the fight, but then on fight night, the second you touch gloves and you throw that first punch, everything else goes out the window. <laughs> yeah. You're fighting now. Yeah, the way that I compare it is you got a game plan kind of like a hockey match. You got three periods, so you got two halftime adjustments, but you only got a minute to, to get everything and, uh, it's hard in between fights because your fighter, you know, like, because I, I used to corner and head coach fighters. And so, you know, sometimes you see you see a guy and he's not ready to go back out there. Um, he's, he's a little shocked. He's a little rattling. And, like, you know, you got to send him back out there. But you know that he's not ready to go back out. Feeding him to the science. So it's always interesting to see that first and that second round. You know, you can tell you a fighter and where they're at. So, uh, Emotional intelligence is, is very important for a coach. And oh, head kick by Shauna. Let's go. Oh, Shauna's been hitting. Yeah, she, she hit that too twice. Oh, and I did take that one. Yeah, nice trip. You know, trips seem to be the, one of the most effective ways to take somebody down in MMA. I definitely preach trips, you know, uh, in judo, reefs, and... Wrestling, dude, in any type of grappling, trips are probably the best one you can land because you can, depending on which trip, you can land in the position that you want to land in, and it's always going to be a dominant position for you. So, unless you're going up against, like, Caprissium uh, Verdun, you know, <laughs> ace black belt, like, yeah, you're going to... Oh, Shauna! Oh, Shauna, finish this fight! Finish him oh, out! Watch the back of the head! No, she's hitting the back of her oh, head. Yeah, Tell her something, dude. Oh, she's hitting the back of the head like five times. Yeah. Right? She let it go. That was gross. Ooh, this mm. might be over. That Mount Salt. No, Finish she's done. Finish the fight with some hair. Uh, Shauna. She doesn't want to fight. Shauna anymore. takes her back. She's she's stuck right now. Oh, sweep out the back door. She's hot. Oh, she's wait, hot a, wait a wait a second. Hit the back. Got the back. Finish this nice. fight. Shauna looking good here, folks. Come on, Shauna. Shauna came ready. Submission, just like I said. Get that rear naked. Her neck is open. Yeah, she gotta get that TKO right now. She's Hammer done. fist from the top. It's, it's over. Shauna winner by TKO <laughs> in the second round. Upset of the night. Here wow. People in Vegas made some money. Who who called that? (laughs) That's money. Something hit her to make her quit. She no push up. She's She's limping. I think she hurt her leg. Nah, she she's rock. She she don't have the legs. Yeah, she got stunned. Yeah, she was she couldn't get up. Sometimes your sometimes your spirit keeps going, but your body can't. But man, Shada came out with. I don't know, man. Anytime someone counts someone out, I just I'm like with them. I want to prove them wrong. Three, a four and four back to five hundred. Man, what a performance that was right there. 
She took her best stand-up, her best grappling, and came out, made the adjustment. I wonder if she did take this fight a little, uh, a little easy, knowing that she had a losing record. I wonder if it was more that if Shauna knew it was all or nothing here, because when you got a losing record in the UFC, you're about to get kicked out, usually. So, this could have been the make-or-break fight for her career. Yeah, and she came out and won. It is definitely tired of doing push-ups. <laughs> Pick the right fighter. <laughs> so who who do we got up next? So we got Austin Hubbard versus Joe Solecki. Pulling up on the screen right now. Austin. Austin Hubbard's coming in at 28 years old, 5'8", 155 pounds, 71 inches for his reach. Then we got Joe Solecki, age 26, coming in at 5'8", as well, 155 as well. And his reach is 70 and a half inches, so looks like and Austin will have a half-inch reach advantage. This one could be a toss-up. Did that just get louder? Hello, hello, hello. Yeah, you're able to cut out all the dead periods, right? Yeah. 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 Is that a Jamaican fight? How are you? Oh, I finished mine a while ago. I would love to. Nah, I could do it. <laughs> I got it. Big deal. Waiting on the mini fruit. <laughs> I know, for real. Hey, poor girl student trying to take care of my wife. But you know, I uh, can't get everything day one. Her technique was built in a day. It was. What didn't God even build the whole universe in a day? Right. Took a nap. Took a 17 eon nap. Hey, whenever he was done inventing the universe, he invented time. Time's man made it <laughs> it might, time it time is just a unit of measurement. So time is real because you're measuring how many times the sun went up and went down. <laughs> That's all it is. It doesn't mean anything else except for hey, sun went up and down again. Do this 365 out of four years and then one year just a day. Yeah, I don't get leap year. I don't understand how that physically works. Leap year was put in. Oh, well, daylight savings. Thank you, thank you very much, Jeremy. Uh, I don't really know about Cheers, leap year, but daylight savings yes, sir. Yes, we like to enjoy ourselves while we watch Sasha whoop some behind. I don't know if I can. Until I start making some revenue, I'm going to have to keep it a little. I'm like, what's the name of your 
with your back up against the David wall coming in. What is this type of this for you as you try to sort of lock oh, up oh, the he was like, you know, I gotta work on, on my own language because, you know, just makes you feel better. Hey, did you bring up leap year because you knew 2020 is a leap year? Yeah, actually, I did. Okay, nice. I feel like it coincides with the Olympics. <laughs> I think I think this year <laughs> is just election year. <laughs> it's election year, yeah, right? It just signals when you're supposed to vote. I like how the shortest year out of four years is the busiest year out of all of them. So what is it? It's whenever Earth completes a single orbit around the sun? Is yeah. that what it is? Okay. But I want to know why it orbits one day faster. Yeah, you ever watch that shit up? Yeah, pull that up, young Jeremy. Well, you got a blind host. You want to elaborate on that? I was hoping you could just read it. Yeah, I think it has more. Like, dude, just go to space, cure your eyes, and come back. No, we basically covered it. Hey, Elon Musk, if you ever do listen to this podcast by somehow, some way, Make it cure for Stardust, bro. Hey, he, he actually is. That, um, the uh, Neuralink? Yeah, the Neuralink, what it actually does is it just, um, because your brain works on electrical impulses. So what that's doing is, is it's it's creating an electrical impulse, but it's bypassing whatever's damaged. So you're kind of like, say say there's a broken like train track and the train can't go, but then you build an overpass. So that way that signal can get to where it needs to go. So that's what Elon Musk is trying to do by bypassing. And it's kind of like gene therapy, uh, stem cells, you know, it repairs those things, but it's very interesting. I'll at least try it in one eye first, you know? Well, what it is, is it's, it's an implant that goes into the back of your head. Well, yeah. <laughs> it's basically yeah, like an AI. Yeah, yeah. You guys ever watch the 100? Uh, yeah. That's how it all One begins. That's how it all begins. Dude, have you ever played the, be the commander? <laughs> this is what we're in now. Oh, oh, here we go. Here's the fight that we're all trying to see. Costa versus Adesanya. Oh, Costa, man. This is going to be classic technique versus power type of fight. And I think Adesanya is going to take this one. But Costa is no joke. I think that... Asada is just a little is just a little too fast and a little too accurate and precise to be uh, landing for him to be landing power shots. So Paula Costa looks like a villain in a like in a nineties movie. Yeah, he does. This dude is gangster. He looks like a hitman <laughs> for the mafia. You want to fight like a man? <laughs> Are you a sheep? <laughs> I got Adesanya all the way. The Expendables. Hey, um, Adesanya might actually need that Naruto symbol. It's a seal. Seal away the nine tails. Yeah, he's about to break that seal. You know, <clears throat> combine the power just, with the nine tail. It's about to be ten tail. I just ten tails is bad. There was a ten tails. <laughs> <laughs> Completely evil. Hang on, I'm not guessing your pose. I have no idea. Oh, what a what a. I like it. 
Yeah, but Costa's got that power, man. Costa got a chance. One little so slip up. If she's, act if she's actually going to be able to land that knockout shot. Because Sonya, I thought. Adesanya. Adesanya. Israel Adesanya. Yeah, Yeah, he's not a heavy hitter. He's not gonna knock him out. He's gonna just piece him up. Hey, you don't have to be a heavy a heavy hitter. You just have to be accurate. Yep. I, I don't want to say that that's exactly what he's gonna do, but I feel Adesanya is gonna GS to Yeah, one thing is is that you know timing needs to be accuracy needs power. He's got a lot of power, but he's getting all those spots. The physique yeah, of Costa is insane. Yeah. Costa's physique is in fucking insane. A like a lot of like most pretty much one hundred percent of these Cuban fighters have the greatest bodies of all time. Ninety-eight percent of these UFC fighters have beach bodies year round. <laughs> a they say he they basically they basically say he's like the Ricky Martin of uh, Cuba. Seems like it. Like just working out on the beach, he's got groups of women, he's hanging out and coming to see him. Like he's a rock star, but like he should be. Kind of a wrestler, kind of clout, but is an MMA fighter. Kind of the opposite of CM Punk. I, I definitely think um, he's got a future in villain So Austin's the underdog. Joe is the favorite. Joe Selecki. I'm going Joe Selecki because him and his brother remind me of me. In case you guys haven't noticed by now, if you're watching the YouTube podcast, all three of us here are brothers, but something special between me and George is that we're identical twins. Surprise! So, in case that was throwing any of you off. Wait, what? Yeah, Jeremy... It's funny, me and me and George are about five seven, but Jeremy's our little brother by a, a couple years, and he's six two. Yep. <laughs> so don't know how that one worked, but you get what you get in life, and you better learn to like it, or it's gonna be a rough one. <laughs> Not everyone was supposed to be a model. Not everyone's supposed to be. Uh, Captain America, you know? It's a rough dog eat dog world out there. You gotta find something for that and go for it. The only job a species has is competition. It's to reproduce, dispatch, and make new offspring. If you look at it from a biology perspective, and it reproduces competition. Like mate, that's competition.
Yeah, so, I mean, I remember back when we were training, what, what was probably your, your toughest cut to patch up? Not more tough, per se, but probably the biggest one was we were, we were rolling in the room and, and uh, a guy that was on our wrestling team come. So, for those that don't know, we were a wrestling team. I was captain of the wrestling team, and we later became assistant coaches. These are you know. And so, whenever uh, we were training, we got one of the guys from the wrestling team to join. And uh, I don't know, this, this other guy, he just kept grabbing. He, he was a random dude from out of town who was there for like a month on vacation. He came to our gym one day. was like, okay, I'm gonna start training. And so he kept pinching the atom apple. And so he kept trying to like pop that Adam's apple and like everybody knows barriers in in jiu-jitsu to manipulate the other's whole hand and try to pressure points and So and we're just training MMA and for jujitsu, so he keeps doing this and Andrew tells him to stop and then he doesn't so Andrew just postures up and drops a couple of big bombs on him and I mean you could you can take talking about some good ground you can you can take you can take a quarter and stick it in this cut. Think about in high school he was small. And you know, we we play part of our was like, oh, he's like our little Oompa Loompa freshman. By the time he was a senior, dude, he was a full fledged Samoan, man. He was huge. Yeah, this was, this was a 200 pound guy hitting the 100 and probably 45 pound guy. Went from like 5'5 five, five to like 6'3. <laughs> but but if, if you know, you know, at a certain point, you gotta defend yourself. Um, yeah, that's only better ways as something like that. As a coach, there's you know there's better ways to handle that. But you know, as a fighter, like hey, somebody's doing some stuff to you, you want some vengeance, like hey, I get it. But yeah, that was that was the biggest cut that I had to I had to patch it up. But I, I stopped it you know, relatively quick. You know, everything was fast and um, yeah, it's it's crazy because the guy had to go get stitches and everything. But I stopped the bleeding in a minute. Yeah, I think it's bad. Yeah, you don't go and start doing dirty shit. You, you're gonna reap what you sow one day. And <laughs> this guy got it a lot sooner than you thought. I'm going Solecki, by the way. So it's Solecki uh, versus Austin Hubbard. Austin Let's do some push ups. We've been doing a lot of push ups. <laughs> <laughs> What's Austin Hubbard's record? He is uh, 12 and 4. And yeah, this guy is. Joe Selecki's 9 and 2. I have this one as my fight of the night in a, in a preview. It's going to be good. So I definitely think it's going to be pretty much so the best, but I've been wrong all night. Because so <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, I'm kind of leaning towards Austin, man. I feel like no one's giving him any love. I was gonna yeah. go Austin until yeah. I seen Joe. My my current job's as a as a kickboxing instructor, so you know, doing all these push-ups, you know, if I get all these fights around, it's gonna be a big rough day work. Joe's on a four <laughs> fight win streak. <laughs> I gotta call in sick, call these fights wrong. 
So if you're at the Fresno, California area and you love kickboxing, go ahead and uh, email us at the what you said, Scott Sportscast at gmail.com. Yeah, well, at, at, the end of the, at the end of the show, we'll throw out all of our, uh, our information. That way you can get a, get a hold of us. service to the fans, to the public, you know, we, we hear a lot of sports radio, and sometimes we just see a lot of guys just reading notes off a piece of paper, and they're like, nah, like, we, let, let's, let's start a podcast. Yeah, so we got this, this walk, uh, walk out here going on, pretty quick feeling, you know, just like, kind of way, oh, yeah. I just miss the days where I used to wear a white cowboy hat, and I just want a Bailey, you know. I mean, it's not, not as dead but, you know, it's a cool good one. And then my sponsor, Renegade Fight Gear, shout out to P. And, uh, iron the, uh, stitch the logo and the hat. Uh, I'll have my white renegade shorts. So we can see how much blood I got on $1,000 in a white. I like to real good on And then, that's the thing that's going to Exactly. And I painted them a few times. <laughs> Most of the time, I wish I had the white ones. Yeah, for those who didn't know, Humphrey used to carry my blood caps like, like a wrestler. Some of the MMA fights are scripted. It's all fake, fake, like wrestling. <laughs> I need a break, so I just pop one of them. They're like, okay, he's bleeding a lot. They ain't checking out. They're wiping up. There's nothing there. <laughs> Oh, I'll glad to see Bruce's buffer back in even on a fight. I know, he usually just does the uh, pay-per-views. And he only saves his good suits for the pay-per-views, it seems. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> Looking pretty standard this evening. Yeah, like, did you just come from another event? <laughs> Don't worry. Next fight, he's going to be all He's probably on his fifth cocktail. <laughs> Bruce, of this Bruce Buffer tonight looks like he's hosting Bingo Night. <laughs> Shit, this is, uh, yeah. I'm going right, Austin. Right after this is the co-main event, and then the main event. Very nice. Oh, man, that seems kind of short. All right, so I'm taking the, uh, so we're taking the same guy. You're taking Hubbard? Um, yeah. Taking right. Solace. Hey, hey, George. What do you think about that, though? Who. That's nice, right? Just to have up. Yeah, definitely nice to have. Yeah. All right. Info My guys in the All right, let's go. Okay. That was a good leg kick there. All right. He threw an ugly-looking leg kick that hit nothing but air. I'll, I'll pretend that was a feint. <laughs> <laughs> oh. If I'm his coach, I'm worried. So, like, you going to piece him up. Oh, good check, though. Nope. I like, the, I like the patience here. His hot kick missed, but it looks like better than the leg. 
Yeah, they're keeping you up. Yeah, yeah, you're putting all your weight on. Yeah, you ever give someone a piggyback ride? Ooh, the leg sweep. And whatever he does, eventually get under that chin, you can just arch that back and drop his butt to the ground and finish him like some vintage Mac. You just arch your back and throw your hips into What you want to do is definitely use that thumb, that radius, that, that cutter wound, to, to slide it under the chin and force your way in. Um, it's definitely hard to get chokes, you know, against some seasoned grapplers, so you gotta force your way in. So you just keep it. This is your cutter bone. Go down your thumb to your elbow. That's, that's the part you want to put right on their arteries, right? Yeah, a future segment that we look forward to bringing to you guys is uh, our fight correction. So we'll take some mistakes that we see in some MMA fights and common mistakes or some big mistakes that led to somebody losing that fight and go over what they could have done to prevent it. Kind of what they could have done to finish in dominant positions. So we're definitely looking forward to that in the future. Yes. But once we work all the hammer stuff out, then we'll be able to uh, start doing a little more things. But for now, we need to get started. Oh, is he? Does he I'm surprised he's still standing. He tapped. He tapped. He tapped standing. Knock him. Knock him out. He submitted him with a standing rear naked choke without going to the ground. He took, he took all that energy out of his legs. I was going to take him too, and I was just trying to be cute. Well, now you cost me plus 15. 
Hey, think about how cute you are when you do 15. <laughs> you know what? You'll look real cute in that tank top whenever you knock out 15. You know what? I probably will. Hey, you don't knock out 16. You know? <laughs> or for a pal guy, I got a nice glow. <laughs> Yeah, that was real impressive. You got that? It looks like he has that body triangle there. Definitely. That body triangle, like I said earlier, you just constrict. Every time they breathe out, your legs get tighter. And you got underneath the chin right there. Yeah, got that cutter bone underneath. Forced it in. Just worked his way there. Anybody need another beer? Uh, I'm good. Yeah, I need one. So we got the co-main event coming up. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We got the co. Marcin Pracino. Versus Mike Rodriguez. Marcin. Mar Marcin? Marcin Pracino. Interested to see how it's actually Oh, no. Pracino. Pracino. That's how you say it. I, I called it Pracino. P-R-A-C-H-I-N-O. I, I, wait, no, 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 no I'm sorry. Pracino. It's not Chino. It's C-H-N-I-O. Oh. Yeah. yeah so that's way different. Pracino. So like Pracino. You know. I have a different perspective here. Uh, I got like besides, you know, him and his brother are UFC fighters here. They make his debut, and you know, something super satisfying. It, it, to me, as a coach, it was more satisfying, or, or as a leader, just seeing other people win and succeed was a little bit more satisfactory to me than my own success. My own <sighs> Makes me want to go back to Vegas every time I see it. Like, there's just something about seeing, seeing that progression, you know, between fighters. And then, yeah, like, if they, they fight good enough, they can just get to the fight capital of Vegas. Yeah, so tell us about your, uh, your experience from Vegas. Uh, it was dope. Everybody had to wear a mask, you know, made me feel safe. San hand sanitizer everywhere. Um, but other than that, a lot of shit was open. Top Golf was open. That was fun. Um, got to see a couple museums. Uh, Vegas seems to be doing not too well, from what I've heard from Uber drivers. They were saying not enough people coming. <laughs> so they've been actually out of work for a little bit. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Uh, me, personally, working in the gym industry, our gyms keep opening and closing, hours keep changing, laws and regulations and policies, health concerns keep changing every day, you know, you gotta adapt and move, and it's, you know, it's hard, because something that you need in a coronavirus is health. And in order to get to a new system, you need to have physical health. You need to have mental health. You need to have a focus on all these things that a gym can provide, that an exercise provides to people. So whenever you keep everybody up inside, they don't have a way to release all that energy. It's tough, it's, and it's hard, you know, you don't get vitamin D, you're not outside in the sun. You know, you need so many things for your immune system that we're not getting, and that, you know, our government's keep shutting us down. 
you know, even though we do all the right things, we haven't had any corona cases in our gym, you know, it's still, we're being punished, you know, and it sucks, but, we're, you know, we definitely get through it, we adapt, and, you know, we definitely respect everybody's health, and we want everybody to wear their mask and be safe, and I feel that if you're doing things correctly, then, then you can be open. You know, for some reason, gyms are being looked down upon whenever you move like a lot of people. Oh, yeah. And that's because most people, it's it's easy to get into a habit of not being active. It's harder to get into being active all the time. If people, uh, there's a lot of excuses which, in your head, they sound good, they sound valid, but at the end of the day, it's a choice. You, you could spend 20 minutes less watching YouTube and put that 20 minutes towards doing some push-ups and sit-ups. It's, it's a choice. You can do push-ups and sit-ups while you watch or listen to YouTube. Mm-hmm. But the go on thing, this podcast while you work out. But the important thing for your immune system is that you gotta get outside. You gotta be out in nature. And if you're not out in nature, you're hurting yourself, you're hurting your own body. That's for all these people that are scared of dirt. You know, it's that dirt's good for you. Helps dirt. you build a strong immune system. Dirt is what helped. Uh, dirt is what actually you know helped us. Yeah, most likely no before, test for taking. Before it became a thing, I mean, <laughs> we were all sicker than we've ever been. Yeah. And we all got it at the same exact time. I don't want to claim something I wasn't tested for. Yeah, it's like I, I would need the <laughs> antibodies test. Yeah. I know, we had it. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I, I'll I have put a it out there on my right because my my mucus, everything was just all the symptoms, hard and thick. Uh, waking up literally covered in sweat. Dude, it was a nightmare. Even now to this day, feeling the the effects that it has on your lungs, the the mucus, the sinuses, the energy, a lot of it. It's changed since December, for sure. Oh, yeah. And right now with the fires, that's not helping at all. <laughs> yeah, that's, not even, that's not even including the fires. This is making it feel like that. <laughs> so who's, who's next? So we got uh, Marcin Krochnil versus Mike Rodriguez. Marcin's coming in at 32 years old, 6'2", 205 pounds, with 74-inch reach now this guy mike rodriguez coming in at 10 and 4 record he is 31 years old standing at 6-3 and his reach is 82 and a half inches which is a massive difference from marcin so i'm gonna go with mike yeah no he's 10 and 4 13 and 4 yeah. this is a toss-up it's about reach versus uh, coming in, but I don't know if this other guy is a striker or a grappler. So if he's a grappler, he's going to get in and just go on the I'm going to go Mike Rodriguez. Yeah. 
He has reach and he's a Muay Thai style, so so we'll see how that goes. This guy's name is very intriguing to me, Marcin. Yeah. I'm kinda of, oh I'm kinda of wanting to see if I'm like here is kind of does it say their nicknames on it? Um, it sure does not. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but I can tell you right now that's Mike. Oh, he trains under Joe Rose on the I'm glad uh, Lozon is amazing. I really like that. Is Joe who walked on? Who is his brother? Cole? No, because it was Jim and Cole. I think about it. Hey, hey, uh, I'm <laughs> Got you. I'm getting some good, good photos and videos. What are we looking up? Sorry. I uh, look up Joe Luazon. L A U. I got a Joe Lo Lozon right here. He was a. Oh. <laughs> what? Brother. Yeah, Dan Luazon. Awesome. He's uh six foot, thirty two years old. And we're both in the Yeah, both both pretty fighters from uh East Coast, Boston. Good, good rounds. I think they changed their uh Oh, that would be an interesting guy to learn from Mark Delabrati. Definitely, if I could learn to do. Um, I like a Greg Jackson. Uh, he always had some good fight people coming out. Yeah, Greg Jackson. Um, I just didn't like his style of coaching. Even though the guys got the win, they were point fighters, and I like I like the mentality of guys that would come out there and try yeah. to finish fights better than just trying to, just trying to strategize and just point out somebody. Yeah, exactly. But you know, it's okay. Um, you know, in the UFC, the important thing is to win. But even, you know, John Fitch he won a lot of fights. And then they ended up cutting him because he wasn't able to, you know, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay, so we're not sure. Yeah, that's what I like. He's coming out to that. This guy, what's his name? This is, uh, you're on for Marcin. Yeah, that's my guy. All right. Get ready to just fight me. All right. So who's finally gonna break the losing streak now? Right. Yeah, you caught one, right? Yeah. Yeah. We both got the last one. Yeah. Oh, that's right. I was holding up. Yeah, that's right. You were the one. Yo. Having to knock him out because my guy got choked. How it works around here. Hey, put your money. It's very rare to see a standing submission. If we weren't so poor, we'd put our money where our mouth is instead. <laughs> we do something we don't want to do. What? I definitely think so. I definitely think that's something that we can do for the fight companion, having somebody else. Or not fight companion. What I say? I just heard mouth and something you don't want to do. Whenever we do our fight correction. <laughs> yeah, the fight correction. It's gonna be good. It's just just working out the a little bit of kinks. Four of the last five wins have been by first round knockout. Yeah. Yo, he does look pretty uh intimidating. 
He looks like he's gonna try to knock the block. But he also looks like a guy with 74 inch reach. He looks ready <laughs> to go one round. Yo, what's John know, Jones's reach? Yeah, John Jones has the biggest like apex reach in New York City. Yeah, like history. I wish, I wish that knucklehead could just <laughs> keep it together. Ooh, I don't man. know. Like, they, I don't know how many shots you get at the UFC, and then you're like, screw you guys, pay me more money. I'm okay, so so John Jones is 84 and a half inches. This guy's 82 and a half inches. He's right behind him. Yeah, but this guy has more height, so the, the apex is measured differently. Uh, John Jones, yeah, no, John Jones is 6'4", this guy's 6'3". Yeah. So, it's just weird, some people got longer reach, and even if they're taller or shorter, it's yeah. weird, some people I, just got long arms. I know my reach is about an inch longer than my height. Yeah. So my wingspan's a little bit longer than what we believe. Alex is like three inches shorter. <laughs> T-Rex arms here. <laughs> T-Rex arms and shit, like... Michael, Alex could never do the Philly shell because he could never get that right. <laughs> my shell wasn't his shoulders. My shell wasn't big enough. Could I kick it that right arm across your shoulder? <laughs> I could, but it's like barely. Barely past my shoulder. Marcin, I don't know, man. Let's go, Marcin baby. has some swag right now. Marcin, the machine. He's feeling confident. So let's see if he still feels that way once he gets punched in the face. Yeah, definitely. Get punched in the face a few times. Phone's on silent. Please. <laughs> That's gonna be edited. Getting in trouble on your own podcast. Well, good leg kick out at the back. <laughs> Definitely not one Stances here, so whenever you see an orthodox versus a southpaw fighter, the main weapon that you're gonna want to focus on is that two mark focus on that straight hand. That you know the quickest way, you know straight straight line. So your two becomes your jab. And you have a lot of fighters struggle against opponents from opposite stances because they can't they can't switch. You need to be ambidextrous. Definitely need to be you know equal sided in the fight game because anything can happen. You can break you can break a foot, you can break a hand, and you gotta be able to throw together. Brb. BRB <laughs> text link home your life. Did you raise your hand on this meeting? This is the technique you want to do. See if it pays off. Okay, so Marcin pushed up against. Not much work going on right now. Marcin definitely looking like the more aggressive fighter. But we gotta see how that carries throughout the fight and keep that that pace, that energy on. 
you don't want a long, lanky guy pushing you up against the cage, though. Oh, especially a Muay Thai guy who trains. Oh, let's go. Throw my That's a good exit out the points, though. Oh, it's and over! Mike Rodriguez finishes him! Mike Rodriguez with the stoppage. Big time stoppage here, folks. Heard him. Big time. Finished him off. That tight clinch is dead. Got the tie clinch. Check this out, man. Oh, what a yes. nice, what a nice. Escape that clinch. Mike, Mike Rodriguez by TKO. Woo! Who's doing push-ups? Knock him out. <laughs> Let's go. Dude, it was, it was a beautiful tie. I'm going in soup tomorrow. I told you that reach was just going to be trouble. The guy came out a little too swaggy. So that was the co-main event. And another 15 minutes. We got, we got one more fight left. Yep, so now we're going to have... No. Uh, yeah, one. it's the main event now. So we got Pedro Munoz versus Frankie Edgar. Oh, yeah. This might... I think I'm going to go Munoz. This might go the distance. This might not, but... I think Munoz is Frankie Hager's what he's coming off a knockout, so I get knocked out. I mean, then he's coming against a powerful dude, and he's thirty-eight years old. Hang him up. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> dude, there's he, some people that can just never hang it up. He does have three inches though on him for reach advantage, sixty-eight to sixty-five. So Edgar has that on him. But Munoz is eighteen and four. Edgar is Come on, man. I'm trying to go party. I know. He's like, I'm in Vegas. I'm heading to Vegas. Yeah. 
at Top Golf. <laughs> For real, man. That's the place to be. That place was packed whenever we went on, uh, what was it, Tuesday night? <laughs> packed. I'm pretty sure everywhere. Well, well, yeah, but I think that was one of the main things that was, like, open for people to go and do. So I think that's why it was pretty much packed. Oh, so we got Frank and Edgar and Pedro. <laughs> I came up here with elbows. Yeah, these, these elbows from the clinch are some of the heaviest shots that you can take. Those are the ones that are going to split your brow. It's just all bone. You like stitches, eat some elbows. They're damn near guaranteed. That's why I like them. As a tough fan, I don't like them. <laughs> but I love him as a fighter. <laughs> yeah, that's what I love about the dynamic. It's like you, you got all aspects. You got fan, you got the cut man, you got the fighter, you got the coach, you got all that covered here on the Scott Sports Look at that mustache. Powerful. That's a staging stash. <laughs> I love how this uh, younger generation of fighters and their love of their games and their video games. <laughs> Shout out to the games out there. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Knockouts only? Does that mean only until somebody gets knocked out? No, that means like a knockout highlight. Oh, okay. I was like, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I've been seeing a lot of uh, Sports Center posts and bare knuckle fights. I'm like, that, that's crazy. Paige Van Zandt just went there. No way. She just got judo toss and arm bar and hasn't had a selling gun in the UFC. So, I mean, you expect Bellator or one FC is going to put some big money towards her that she signs a fair knuckle fight. Hey, think about it. She was getting pieced up in her last fight before she got took down on board. Now take two, two more ounces off those four ounce gloves. <laughs> and you're going to be getting hit with those. Not only that. Like, you're doing bare knuckle fighting. You're going to get your face, all the scar tissue that builds up, all the cuts. Um, yeah, it's if you see like Chris Lieben or some of these guys after these fights, you know, they're cut up, it's, it's awful. If you're a cut man, I don't know how you even agree to work for these companies. I'm glad for two things have kind of One, never got knocked out. Two, never got cut bad like that. And three, never, never broke any bone. Just tore tore my knee up. Training for King of the Cage in Chicago, and uh, I was teaching somebody how to do a hierarchy, big hit in judo. Um, <laughs> and it's all about the technique and leverage. Uh, 
got our indigenous society to be power. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that might be up, swelled up immediately. The yeah, you're not going to kick for like nine months <laughs> after that. I was training with him two months, Customers all day. And I don't love do that. A lot of people are scared of a conversation like this. Exactly. But, you know, like, especially with the coronavirus and everything, um, we got sheltered. We got, we got scared. Everybody coming down, hit inside, protect those that are close. And, you know, you kind of figure out the longer that this coronavirus goes on, the more that we actually need each other, the more that we need people. So, you know, we're working together. And instead of against each other all the time, then we can get a lot more done in life. And, uh, you know, just like with these fight camps, it, it's a group that comes to one fighter's performance together for one event for, for one person. So everybody needs a support group. Everybody needs you know, some, somebody around them to push them to be better. And it's, that, it's, that that old, it's that old saying that is so true still to this day is that it takes a village. Be guided to get something done, you know, and get 
really does. Not every one person has all the answers. And if you think you have all the answers, guess what? You're wrong. So, uh, you've got to be willing to learn. Don't be scared or, or intimidated or angry that you didn't know something. Be happy that you learned something. You'll just grow. A lot of things in life get a lot better. Especially to me, there's, there's few things more satisfying than learning something. You know, the more that you learn, the more that you grow, the more that you can share. Because, you know, what's your legacy going to be? Somebody that was really good at learning or somebody that was really good at sharing? Neither. Because the money's... It's all about the money. Money over everything. <laughs> oh, well. What do you think of this uh, fight card so far, Jared? It's alright. Nothing crazy really happened other than, honestly, that uh, Dodson fight. <laughs> Shauna, you know, nobody seen that one coming. Well, you, you went to the bathroom right at the time. That's Muay Thai elbow. Sounds about right. All I know is uh, Pedro's about to knock out Frankie Edgar. Look at him running to the. He's running. He's going to exhaust himself. Fight correction. Yeah, he's sprinting. We got Frankie Edgar and. Well, also, when you're first, you can sprint because you have to get more time to catch your breath. When you're the second. You don't want to be sprinted to the cage. I never sprinted to the cage because I was like, all right, yeah, you want to soak in the moment. You want to come in cold with your fights like Vader. That's it. You just walk out to the cage. Yeah, well, you warm up when you get inside the cage. You take your lap, you start stretching, you know, getting everything loose. You warm up backstage. But yeah, you cool down on the walkout. Because I felt like in the back it was just felt more like game planning, like preparing for the fight, just working the nerves out and all that. And then once you got to the cage, then it's like, okay, I got to make sure everything's dotting your I's, crossing your T's, kind of, kind of moment. Make sure my legs feel good, my wrists aren't achy. Because that was the biggest thing. Get your hands or a training hand. Yeah, in, in a fight though, you're not trying to, you know, dot your eyes and cross your T's. You're trying to dot their eyes and cover your six. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Kick them straight in the teeth. That was the one thing. And like, I know I don't think you watch shit training, but whenever you kick somebody, you're good. That, that hurts your shit. So whatever these guys do, throwing kicks at bamboo trees and hitting shit in the shin all day just makes me cringe. Dude, remember whenever we would bring the, uh, when we brought the tractor tire? And I was the only one kicking the inside of it. I was like, fuck. I was the only one who cared about killing the nerves. Yeah, that's a process. Yeah, I did not enjoy that one bit. The benefits were better because I can just go straight calf kick people and just end their day. Calf kick, you'd be like, yeah, I did 700 sideways calf raises. Yeah, do workout to build muscle on that vulnerable part of your, your uh, shin and your calf. Yeah, because your calf pretty much controls, you know, your ankle. So, you know, you take that out and take the part of the, part of the 
Dude, the chest hurts worse. I don't care. It's like kicking a hole. Not feeling good at all. Especially, especially if you turn that knee out a little bit. And well, you get that sharp carving. But also, I have to say, if you throw that kick and you check it, if their shin's stronger than yours, or the same, that shit's gonna hurt. But even if your shin's stronger, you still throw it. Yeah, yeah, you're always gonna, you're always gonna feel contact. But, momentum means more. You know, whoever feels more momentum in is gonna feel less impact. You gotta win that line of scrimmage. Like you would see back in the day, Dragon Ball Z, some Goku and Vegeta, they're just like in that, that battle, you know? Like they're doing their like, super special moves, and then that ball of energy is in the middle, moving back and forth. And then so somebody has to somebody has to win that battle, that line of scrimmage. So that's interesting to see in anime as well. Oh yeah, 100%. We've seen that from Sasha. Yeah, <laughs> Sasha looked, looked like the fighter of the night. So, who are we going for, guys? We got the main event being announced now. Well, based on tonight's performance, you should not ask me. <laughs> I'm going to pick Munoz, though. Yeah, I've been Munoz. I think it's going to Munoz. going to stop this guy. This is, this is my uh, prediction for uh, stoppage of the night. I know I said it. He knocks it out. I know I said it, but at the moment, I think Edgar's ready. Okay, I'm going Frankie Edgar. I, I think that weight cut's going to hurt my stuff to main event. I'll have one. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. To the main event. Long time since you spot BJ Penn for that belt, baby. <laughs> Do you remember BJ Penn? Do you remember when they had that first event in Abu Dhabi? Now they got Fight Island. It's the new Atlantis. Look at, look at how far the UFC's come. It's kind of if I've ever made Hoku bucks, y'all catch me in Abu Dhabi. I'll fly you out. <laughs> Stay at the Burj Hotel. At the hotel y'all can timeshare at. <laughs> yeah, I hate that Burj Hotel. Dude, when you're past a five star, it's like, how good are you? It's like, what does that even mean? Like, it means you get two chocolates on your pillow. <laughs> you get a full Hershey's bar. <laughs> nah, you get you get either Garrett Downs or Dunk Chocolate. <laughs> you get one of those special massages. <laughs> you get one of those Robert Kraft massages. And a weird experience in the song. <laughs> and a lengthy conversation with your lawyer. <laughs> Alright, main event, guys. Here we go. Final fight of the night. Touch them up. Yes, Edgar's debut at 135. Oh, there we go. Oh, they're trading now. You know, look at the hand in the pocket. Edgar's doing some good stick and move. Some good shots here. Beautiful combo. Pedro's kind of kind of forcing it. It's nice to know one one or two of these fighters. Yeah, part of people we've never heard of. Pretty nice. It's a good way to get introduced to this. I'm a fan of Mike Rodriguez. I'll tell you that. Tell you what, you better get Sasha again. <laughs> hey, Sasha, come on the podcast. <laughs> Talk about how uh, I'll let you uh, choke out George here. 
Talk about how many push-ups I did. Because he, uh, he denied your greatness, didn't he? He persevered. You know, he was doing a good job of crushing me as a cage, keeping that, keeping that distance, but... Frankie Eggers winning the striking, but Munoz is winning the octagon control. Good answer. Yeah, those lunging hooks do wonders. See a lot of knockouts like show me quite a bit of the lunging hooks, especially that lead left hook. But the one thing I definitely feel like you get more knockdowns in twos for sure. Straight punch right down across, it's definitely flooring somebody if you land it right. <laughs> I feel like you just gotta land the punch, man. Like, it doesn't matter what punch or kick or knee or elbow, you just gotta land it. Like, remember when Forrest Griffin got knocked out by two jabs? <laughs> yeah, he was just knocked out. <laughs> Sometimes fighters come into fights with concussions from camp and don't tell anybody because they don't want to get pulled out of the fight and miss the paycheck. Yeah, that's I mean, you gotta think, it's a few grand for these guys just to lose. Might as well just go out there and lose real quick and still get. 10 grand, but, or pull out of the fight and miss out on a possible 25. Yeah, because, you know, some, some of these fighters, they don't, they don't make the fight, they just kind of get cut, So this has pretty much been just a filling out round, not much going on so far. Frankie Edgar, I would say, has the edge on the striking. Oh, see, Frankie Edgar's doing a good job of throwing combos. He's not just throwing one punch, which is the worst thing he can do. But we know he's just answering. Oh, good, good line Frankie. I might have to do that first round. Yeah. The weird thing is, is how they score it now. Octagon control is part of it, and Munoz did control that for, like, at least... Jesus. Yeah, dude, they're slugging it out, filling it out, so I expect a high pace second round. Yeah, this is a good boxing match with some occasional damage. Yeah, what I always liked about Frankie Edgar was when he slip punches. He was a very clean boxer, but... I just wish that he focused more on his kicks because if he added that at a higher level, Frankie would still be in the title position. But it's hard to learn everything. <laughs> yeah, whenever a fighter has a more square stance, it gives him a lot more power and more equal powerful stance. That so and it's, it's also a little bit easier to sprawl to get your weight down to kind of take down. Yeah, when you have more square square stands, you can definitely generate more power with your hooks and your uppercuts. But you know, you're trading some defense there, so you better keep your hands on. <laughs> no, he's keeping them at his. Okay, now he's keeping them up, but he's keeping them at his head. 
Yeah, when they keep it with their kids, it's the drunken boxing style. And if you're going to keep your hands out your hoops, you better move your head. You either better know the drunken monkey or be quick on the draw. <laughs> you better move your head like that. Great, great slip. Great oh! Oh, oh, that was more of a slip. Oh, oh, and then he tagged him! They both just tagged each other with some good shots. Pretty even matchup so far. Both fighters landing punch here and there. Nobody really taking the, the true advantage, though. This is why I don't like Edgar's back against the cage. It's because when it's this close, they go by on control. Hey, it matters. Are you the one pressing the action, or are you the one running from it? Yeah. You can only run so long. Though. But the thing, too, is you're not even just running. You're, you're being patient, but it, it looks like you're stalling. Sure. Who knows just keeps getting caught, man. Oh, you know what I happened to catch? Uh-oh. Frankie Edgar, takedown. No, straight back to his feet. Oh, he's out. Oh, nice. Popped his hips to soup him, but just let him go. Yeah, the best thing to do is whenever somebody, you know, tries Gotta get hips down or out. But if you push your hips in, into them... Oh, dude, you're going for a ride. I hope you like being suplexed. It's going to happen. We've <laughs> seen a lot of people get knocked out of slams. As a, as a Greco-Roman guy, please push into me. <laughs> That's all I got to say about yeah. that. What I love about Greco-Roman is that it was the no-gi version of Judo, really. And, like, you know, whenever something happened, it was something big. Some big throws, some heavy throws. Really yeah. do some damage. Because you couldn't touch the legs. So it was like, if you touch the legs, you lost the point. So look at Rulon Garden. He beat the best. Oh, good spinning kick right there. Oh, yeah, great, great, uh, straight. Oh, beautiful oh, takedown defense. There you go. There's some kicks you were talking about, Frankie. Yeah. I think a lot of people are scared to break the leg on kicks, though. <laughs> I know. That's, that's the one thing I had to not push way into the back of my mind. Was like, dude, you're not going to break it if you make it stronger. When I was a kid growing up, I realized I was never going to be some type of kicking striker like that for one reason or one reason only. It's because I'm a skateboarder. And I'll do some kick flips. And when that, <laughs> that board hit my shin, I knew that this wasn't for me. <laughs> it was a route. <laughs> that shin pain ain't no joke. <laughs> you remember that, huh? Oh, yeah. I can feel it right now. <laughs> it's just... Bill Childhood and the kneecaps. 30 seconds left in round two. Pretty dead even, except for the almost takedown by Edgar. Edgar's been piecing him up. And Munoz has been getting fucking caught left and right. Yeah, see, it's weird because Minos is pushing the action, but he's not really he's getting caught for it. Yeah, he, he's not letting those hands go. He's a little tense right now. Frankie Edgar, he's a veteran. He's comfortable because he, whenever you're tense, you telegraph most of your punches, so you know you don't have fluidities. You know, it's awkward movements. It's jerky. It's easy to predict. So. He's really got to calm down and just let those hands flow. And you would, you would think that being unpredictable is the easiest thing, because you can just throw whatever at any time. It's the hardest thing to do. 
Yeah, you can be unpredictable with your approach, but telegraph every movement and give it away before the play even happens in that precinct read. And, and that's what some of the best fighters were able to do. They were able just to see it. Look at that. And if you can't hit him, you can't beat him. Look at Mayweather. You got Edgar just landing all of these, man. See it. Look at that. Boom. He has the answer. He caught him right on the chin. Right. My name is Jeremy Scott, and white chocolate mocha room my life. <laughs> Double shot with the no, no skin milk, no bone. Corporate coffee houses have ruined my life and my bank account. Come on, Munoz. Can I get half uh, skim milk, half uh, almond milk, half <laughs> something else to milk? I tell you what. Have, no, man, you know, I can't do three halves. I tell you what, halfway through this fight, Frankie Edgar just like a pressure tiger. And this Absolutely. Is, this is where that championship experience really comes into effect. The main events are five rounds. I mean, he held the belt for a while. I don't know what's going on with you. He's just very hesitant. He got tagged and he got, he got countered a few times and he doesn't want to get countered again. So he, he's putting himself, he's thinking about it and it's happening. Yeah, the thing in a fight though that, you know, from an outside, you know, you never sparred. There's a moment in the fight where you realize that your opponent isn't going to be able to do much to you, and you can you can have your way with them. You can walk through his pianos, even though he can walk through his punches. You know, he hesitates on the floor. Yeah, Frankie Edgar isn't hurting him, but he's piecing him up. He's definitely He's keeping him at bay, but he can step. Oh, he can got step him in. right on the ear on that one. He can step into some of these punches here. You can definitely oh, see the uh, see the reach advantage helping out Edgar. Well, Edgar just slapped him behind the ear again with that hook. He's landing that three at will. Three is your okay. Yeah, you know this fight is starting to. Frankie, Frankie still can't. Yeah. Okay, Munoz, there you go. Yeah. Edgar's man. leg is hurt. Yeah, Munoz has been landing that jab. Yeah, that he, he needs to keep hitting that leg. Yeah, that leg looks a little achy. See, Frankie, yeah, he needs, to, he needs to stay patient, but not too patient to where he's going to lose his round. Yeah, Frankie Edgar does a great job keeping his hands high and his chin. Okay, I guess it's not his left leg because he just threw that left high feet. You can see Fred Joe. You can definitely see Munoz uh, here. He's uh, more of a boxing stance. He doesn't mix up the legs too much. And whenever he does, he's very predictable because of his stance. He's still. Why is he Yeah, he. 
he's making himself feel more one-dimensional now. He's got throwing kicks. The, the problem is, is he's trying to be offensive in a defensive stance right now. So now he's in a more offensive. Now he's going to He's pressing him. But Edgar, he stays, he stays in there kind of like a Philly shell stance almost um, with his feet. But his hands, he keeps him high. Like he's got to go to style, which is interesting. Oh, answers with a high kick. Wow. All right. Another third. I got Franklin. Yep. 3 0 or 2 1. Because that, that one felt like the closest round of the, of the fight so far. Uh, I know Edgar's up. Uh, that last round might oh. have gone to Munoz. That was such a good leg kick. But uh, yeah, after that leg kick, uh, you definitely seen the performance drop from Edgar. He kept landing that jab early, and then he went away from it. But uh, Edgar's still up, man. Uh, Munoz just really needs to step up in these last couple uh, rounds here. Championship round, main event slash championship round. I would call it championship round. Well, yeah, the fourth. But it's the, but they changed it. So they should make the champions go six. <laughs> make them go to make, make them do it because I'll do it gladiator style. <laughs> yeah. Every weekend. I'm out, man. Make the rules as barbaric as you want. <laughs> hey, uh, yo, Jeremy, can you look up how often gladiators fought in the week? Probably once a week. I'm assuming. I would assume at least once a month because you got to think travel and gathering people was a little harder then than it was now. Yeah, a lot of the dumbasses though, they, they had their schools and they were able to cycle their fighters. <laughs> yeah. Very few gladiators survived more than 10 contests. But we wanted to know more how often they held Although one survived for 150 bouts and another one died at 90 years old. So, the the 90, 90 banker, dude. So it says uh, two to three uh, Munera annually. An unknown number would have died in their first match, though. Now we need to know how much a UM is. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Munera. That's a dude. Going back to the action. I want to say that's probably like two Fortnite. Which is, uh, it could be like. Uh, four, well, four think months, about four months, you know, is usually yeah, because you gotta think about how long does it take for you to heal after getting sliced with a sword? Uh, it <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like, but if you were critically wounded, they would let you go back to health before they threw you back out there. You know, they'll and probably give you two to three months. I mean, you know, it depends on your yeah. if they like you or not. They don't like you. They don't like you. Yeah, that and uh, how if they could get other people to compete against too, because you got to think those were the first fight camps. So Munera means uh, it's Latin. It's a plural word in Latin. It says uh, where the provision of public works and entertainments provided for the benefit of Roman people. Populous Romanists. Oh, those so that's were their events. No, those were kind of like their um, their campaigns, their rallies, their elections. Like um, they did all that plays, propaganda. They did all that. The word Munera, uh, singular munos, means duty, obligation. 
uh, expressed in the individual's responsibility to provide a service or contribution to his community. So it's a job. Yeah, so they would just fight two to three a year. Because annually is a year, correct? Yeah. Yeah. More. Yeah, agree. That makes sense. Nino's pumping that jab out some more. Keeps landing in. Edgar's still hitting hard. What? Edgar's still hitting hard. He looks fresh here in round four. But Munoz is just keep pumping that jab. Yeah, it doesn't look like that weight cut was too hard for him. I mean, not that it was too hard for him, but it didn't look like it was too hard for him. I mean, Munoz's last, last loss was against Alexander Sterling, you know, the front masters for real. So, you know, it's, it's interesting to see Frankie Edgar drop down and Looking real good, dude. So he, he might be able to make some noise at 135. Yeah, because his boxing is so crisp tonight, like it usually is. But this other guy, he's not doing anything to change it. Um, yeah. You know, yeah, Frank Davis is a real good defensive fighter, and you know, if he can't hit him, it's hard to beat him. Pumping that jab out some more. I mean, like, dude, that can't be your only offense. There you go. Yeah. Follow it up with a two, but drop your hand all the way down to your kneecap <laughs> when you do it. Yeah, something doesn't feel right. You know, strike him up with his, his right hand. Yeah, he seems a little more hesitant to throw it, or if he's just fishing. He's looking for the perfect right hand instead of letting it go. Because, guess what, guys? If you're fishing for the knockout punch, you're probably not going to get it. The knockout punch comes in the middle of an exchange whenever you're least expecting to knock somebody out. That's what they don't tell you. You don't do the whole fight night, Roy Jones, snake down and come up and then No. It, it comes whenever you got hit with a one two, you answer with a two, and then all of a sudden you didn't see that uppercut. Yeah, the weird the weirdest thing about like knocking somebody out is like like feeling in your hand. Like like as soon as soon as you connect with a clean shot, you're like, Oh, that one that one looks good. I felt like I turned off a light switch. <laughs> yeah, you definitely you definitely do. You know, you see somebody on the nerve, you still have body change. My, my last fight at the Davis Center in Lake Utah, whenever I got that guy in the arm triangle, he didn't tap out, and the ref pulled me off, and he was all like, break, break. And I was like, I was like, did he tap? And he's like, no, he's out. I was like, okay, because I was like, I didn't feel like he tapped. And for a certain point, I didn't feel like I had it that tight. But I had it tight to where he was just, no oxygen was going to the brain. He couldn't make up his mind to tap or not. But yeah, never go unconscious because you don't want to tap. Well, and the thing too is like, strong kick. Yeah, that was a good, that was a good inside leg kick. Another one. He should have oh. been doing that since the get go. Good uppercut from uh, Edgar, though. He's lost zero boxing. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely had more of the significant strikes tonight. And they had more of all the strikes. <laughs> I wonder if he's still uh, if he's training uh, MMA against Sarah. Been a long time since <laughs> Frankie Edgar or Muno Frankie Edgar. Hey Jeremy, come up and see who Frankie Edgar's coach is. He would mind playing for. Three and a half to go, round five. Yeah.
Catching him with the two. Yeah. That straight punch, I'm telling you, man. It's a punch. Definitely my favorite, especially from the southpaw stance, too. It's because you're usually fighting orthodox fighters, like this, this one here. And your two becomes, or yeah, your straight becomes jab. So you gotta make sure that you adjust. And Frankie Edgar, even bet adjusting. Yeah, well, they're, they're the same stance, so. Well, Edgar kind of just puts his hands. Yeah, yeah. Most fighters switch hands close times to it. And it should be natural. You should be trained both sides. If you're, if you're, if you're, if you're, you know, if you're Ten fighter, seconds. If you're a coach, you need to be practicing both sides because you know, you're going to have to go to the box yourself while fighting. Exactly. Five seconds left. And whenever you switch, you know, going to decision. And respect. And whenever you switch stances, yeah, this was a this was a good boxing match. You know, a couple kicks thrown, but you know, for the most part, Frankie Edgar dominated this boxing match. And, you know, Pedro Munoz can get on the guy's shoulders and run around. <laughs> no, and I'm probably gonna do ten push-ups right now. That's how I feel. The whole thing about that is. You gotta act like you win the fight. Because that's how I lost my split decision. But sometimes it's just clear cut. So I think we're just waiting on the Frankie Edgar decision. Oh, 
But all in all, overall, not a bad card tonight. Yeah, it's good to see a lot of this uh, up-and-coming talent. You know, a lot of the guys, hard to pronounce some names, hard to, you know, keep track of every fighter on the UFC roster, but yeah, the guys that came out, a lot of them produced good shows, you know, some good talent displayed tonight, for sure. I was definitely entertained. Round three, he keeps landing that jab, but he wouldn't follow up. He would just throw one jab, and then wait, one jab, and then wait. He throw the, throw the one, the jab straight hook, throw the one, two, three, throw the uppercut, three, two. It just was predictable. It was jab and then wait, jab and then wait, and then yeah. Uh, one of my favorite people on this planet, Teddy Atlas. He he has a good saying. It's you know, uh, you would sit there throw and then wait for your receipt. Yeah. You know, don't wait for the receipt. Get out the store. <laughs> you better start punching more you things know? on the back <laughs> that register tape. You know, it's like nobody says you have to stay there for your receipt. Get out of the store. Hey, so. I did that at the bank the other day, and I was like. I felt like I left a little too soon. Like he was waiting to give me like. Wait, what are the what are the what are the what are the scores? What are the scores? Frank Edgar by split. By split decision? I don't know about split. I don't know about decision. And all that matters about those three people ringside, the jury. Yep. It's a no push. But, but they got the decision right. Frank Edgar won that fight. Yeah, Frankie Edgar definitely won the fight. Oh, oh yeah, that leg is horrible. Yeah, right. That man was starting to wear off. That was probably the worst time. Like, He's like, dude, it's easy to cut to 135. It's hard to walk right now. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing worse than, like, getting injured throughout, like, competition, like, especially me and my wrestling foot. You don't realize until after. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy how it works. Your mind just blocks out pain sometimes. I mean, it's, it floods the body or something. But then, but then once that adrenaline, once that mission is over, every bit of that time spent. <laughs> um, how, how did you feel after oh, uh, wow. fights? After my fights, I was just so cast, dude. Like, I was just... The weirdest part is, I know people see how they put the ice pack on the back of the fighter's neck and their head and their, you know... After in between rounds, the craziest thing is that in between rounds, you can't even feel it. Your body's just burning so high, you're, you're sweating, pouring. And then all of a sudden, after the fight, <laughs> you're probably a little concussed, at least. You know, you're a little wobbly. But it's a 100% different feeling from when you lose and from when you. When you win, you feel like you literally feel bulletproof for about 25 minutes. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say 24 hours. I mean, like pretty most people do, but like, like you're like, oh yeah, who wants some next? Like, I'll fight any of you out on the on the fan. Yeah, that, that endorphin rush is. So and then you didn't know that Frank Mir was there, you know, and he just steps in. So, so Pedro Munoz had 84 out of 100. Oh no, wait, they changed it. It's all changed up. 119 out of 255 total strikes, and Edgar had 102 out of 280 significant strikes. So Munoz actually, yeah. So Munoz actually yeah, landed more, but I'm and was sure more accurate. Counting the leg kicks as significant 
Which well, this total strikes and significant, total they're strike. exactly the same. Oh, okay. Yeah. So every strike was, was significant, yeah. yeah. Okay. Dude, and it kind of felt like it. <laughs> yeah, they really did connect on pretty much all their punches, too. <laughs> yeah, there, there wasn't a lot of wasted movement, which was beautiful to see here. That's when martial arts really puts the art. It's when you got two high-level guys, and they're just doing some kind of physical beaten-down dance. I gotta be honest, though. I felt like Frankie Edgar's performance seemed a little more dominant than Total Strikes and everything. Seemed. I just felt like he controlled, you know, like, if Munoz would land one, Frankie Edgar would land two. I didn't like how Edgar's back was against the cage most of the time, and that's why I think it was closer than it needed to be. If Edgar was the one backing him up, and keep landing like he was, it would have been Edgar five rounds to none. But the whole but the whole thing of backing up, it looks like you're retreating even though you're waiting to counter. Anderson Silva could do it because he had one one strike knockout power. Frankie Edgar's not that guy. Frankie Edgar's the volume striker. I mean, like, I was pretty much the same way, you know? It's not a bad style, but it's his style. Yeah, you can't, you can't, you can't put your whole training camp in line on one punch. You know, you gotta rely on the body so what did hey, you they oh, got, dude, uh, they got rise they got rise right there all three of them dude this one that goes straight off the fucking yeah. thing scariest ride I've ever been on oh, I bet life dude the big old swimming pool of the hotel that's next to it dude it looked like a little tiny pile of someone just spit on the ground you know yeah. I was like oh I'm not making it in there if I fall out and I was in the front front row like Made me rethink roller coasters. Yeah, with roller coasters, I trust the engineering. I don't trust the maintenance. <laughs> yeah, I don't trust the guy. I don't know if they're checking all those screws every day. <laughs> I don't trust the guy doing dope in his, yeah. uh, on his lunch break to operate that kind of machinery. Yeah. <laughs> Watching. Hey, thanks for having us. And so, uh, Jeremy, we'll catch you on the next one. And uh, George, do you want to tell where they can find you on... Yeah, so uh, if you're in the Fresno area and you're looking for some boxing, kickboxing, uh, front lessons, workouts, uh, looking to learn the basics as a, a new fighter, or you know, you're looking to learn MMA, anything that uh, I can assist you with, you know, go ahead and find me on Instagram. It is G Scott, that is S C O T T, so G Scott 559 on Instagram. Go ahead and check out my. My coaching video is there. We'll definitely uh, continue to upload content as we go. Uh, definitely check out, you know, the Scott Sports Podcast here uh, in the future to see some more segments about MMA-related topics, fantasy football topics. And uh, I'm definitely looking forward to giving you guys uh, all the information that I've collected over the years. So stay tuned. Yep. It's one thing that we wish to be. It's educational. So... Well, thank you guys very much for watching, and we'll catch you guys next time. Salute.